Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And we're your hosts. is in France right now so it's just the two of us yes she's unfortunately <laughs> yeah. digging and scouring the world for beautiful antiques so tough life yeah we feel really bad for her yes, sorry Karen <laughs> <laughs> um, but our guest today is Tammy Connor she is um, an interior designer in both Birmingham and Charleston her work has been featured in so many magazines I just can't even list them all but Veranda, Traditional Home, House Beautiful, um, Southern Living, many more. And one of the things that I read in, um, it must have been an interview with you, uh, was something, there was something you said about your work. It was, I can't overstate how hard we work to make it all look easy. Oh boy, that's a great one to start with. <laughs> yeah, especially this past week. Um, yes, but it's true. It your rooms true. look so, they don't look decorated mm-hmm. in the in how I think most people think of it that way they look just like someone had amazing taste and just collected it over generations well that's our goal so I'm glad <laughs> that it's working for us um okay, it is well, I think people don't realize what goes into it to oh. make it look sort of effortless and and easy and not perfect which I'd like for it to not be perfect what do you mean by not perfect like is it I guess how do you how do you manage? Well, that? I mean, we don't do suites of furniture. All the fabrics mm. don't match. The color scheme needs to be a little bit off to be believable and not um, so fabricated. It has a little bit more of authenticity to it. I think when we mm-hmm. um, keep it from being perfect, so it's just sort of knocking it off of its rocker a little bit and making it not so um, intense. So it has a little bit of a personality. I feel like that is important to remind our, our listeners of mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, it's like, well, first off, there's just so much expertise that goes into the years that you've spent, you know, learning your um, craft. But also, it, I feel like it's a good note that maybe they can not worry so much about mm-hmm. everything matching because we do get that question a lot. You know, this white doesn't match that white and this blue, it's not the same as this blue. But maybe if they just... Let it go Loosen a little up bit. a little, for then sure. Then it'll achieve that um, well, I think effortlessness it's, you're talking about. Yeah, really important to not make it perfect. I talk to our staff a lot and say, you got to know the rules to break the rules. And I think both are equally important. You got to know them in order to break them successfully and know how far you can push it or not. But I also think... You know, I think people get really wound up about following that. And they also get wound up about following like trends or what's popular. And I'm anti that. I think you should follow what you love. And it doesn't matter what your neighbor down the street has or Susie Q has. You should bring into your home what makes you feel Mm -hmm. like that's your sanctuary. So, Yeah. yeah, everyone needs to 
loosen up a little <laughs> bit and bring in what they want because it makes them happy because that's the whole point. Yeah. It's just decorating. It's just decorating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to go back to where you started and so people can get to know a little bit about you and your and your roots. Yeah. So I'm from Birmingham. Um, I grew up in Alabama and then I went to school in North Carolina and went to design school in Atlanta, moved back to Charleston, um, worked for, when I was in Atlanta, I worked for Gandy Peace, so Bill Peace and Charles mm-hmm. Gandy back in the day. I was very young in turn with Bill. I like to, you know, give him some <laughs> <laughs> stories. We have some stories. Um, and then worked in Charleston for a few years and started the company when I was 25 or 6. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was that a scary... You know, I was too... Um, naive to know what I was doing. So in a way it was good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably not what I would recommend to young designers out there, (laughs) like work for somebody that really knows it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to learn things that way and sort of grow through the business and get exposure. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Um, And then was back in Birmingham for a while. And then recently, about three years ago, moved back to Charleston. So I have a studio in Birmingham and one in Charleston. And we do work all over the country, really. Uh, Well, yeah, I noticed you have quite a few even in New York. New York. Yes. Yeah. New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Florida, Virginia. I mean, all over the place. Yeah, we go anywhere for for good design. Now, are are your clients... these houses all over the country, or some of them the same client with multiple homes? Some of them are, that's, yes. That seems like it would be ideal because then you've mm-hmm. already done the work to get to know their... It's a game changer. When you, Once you've worked with the client and they trust you, not just your taste, but just trust you as a person, mm-hmm. and that relationship, it really frees you to have fun. And yeah. so the second ones I find are... I mean, the first ones are fun too, don't get me wrong, but the second ones are everyone's sort of settle down a little bit and really enjoying the process and and also know that in the end they're going to be happy you know the first time around it's so scary because you you can show them everything but it amazes me often that even though a client has seen everything and helped make every decision along the way when they see it together they're just overwhelmed and they I've heard so many times I had no idea it would look like this even though they've seen it which is why we have jobs is because we can visualize that Mm -hmm. for them but once they've had that experience the second time um just they're excited they're not as nervous yeah so yeah that's nice well two of my favorite um homes in your portfolio I think were the second Mm -hmm. and so I'm curious um if like how success, you know, I guess what you're saying is how successful they were is because you had that comfort level. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm talking about the um, Kiowa Island house yes. mm-hmm. and also the um, New York like, apartment. Apartment, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I have, I have so many questions oh, good. about them. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kiowa Island house was it? Because we've done quite a few. Is it in, it's let me in, flip through it's this. It's in your, in your book. Portfolio and, book. Um. I can't remember. Caroline, you, you, you know which one. You marked them. Well, marked them. <laughs> well I want to know, who was your first client? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, this was a doozy. Um, <laughs> so my first client was for a um, 
a house called the Swordgate House in Charleston, which is a 20-something thousand square foot home, Mm -hmm. a very historically significant home. And um, they had a decorator of New York, and they wanted a local designer really to assist more than anything else. And so we sort of divvied up who did which parts of the project, but it was literally jump into the deep end and swim for your life. (laughs) um, And then I ended up going to their house. They had a house in the Bahamas and an island off the coast of Maine that we took the like helicopter to. And it just was a um, literally throw into the deep end. And the exposure Mm -hmm. um, of that was a huge part of my education. (laughs) Um, And it really came from the architect Um, who I had worked with a little bit when I was in Charleston and he knew that I was going out on my own and, um, and recommended me. And so, and we're still doing work with him today. He's a big preservation architect in Charleston and we have done several projects with him. So yeah, that was really the first (laughs) big project and it was not normal. And led to two more homes. And led to multiple. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it seems like preservation is a trend in your work. There's a lot of historic homes. Historic homes or just even classical principles. Mm -hmm. You know, that's sort of what my starting place is always the architecture and the setting and the client's lifestyle is where we start Mm -hmm. when we, you know, to get our inspiration or the three. And you know, we never want to do anything that sort of goes against what the architecture of the house is. We want to try and enhance it in a very delicate way um, versus compete with it in any way. Yeah. So, um, you know, especially in a city like Charleston, where we it's have everywhere. a plethora of beautiful homes mm. and really pretty architectural detailing, you know, our job really is to just not mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, you're sort of a steward. Yes. You know, because those houses are hundreds of years old. Oh, so and they outlast all of us. You're just a temporary owner. It's temporary. Yeah. Yeah. It really is temporary. And I say I think the houses sort of tell you what you want. they want if mm-hmm. you just kind of listen to them and know enough about the history that um, you know, they sort of tell you what they yeah. want and how to interpret it for a modern lifestyle. Um, I have to tell you that I went to one of your homes. Oh, really? I was looking through your portfolio. <laughs> uh-huh. She's a real big stalker. We have <laughs> No, um, the Patterson Car House. I went yes. to an event there. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this was like probably four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember vividly, it was an evening party, and so all the lights were very dim. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll post links to this particular home. I think it was in Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's been featured a few times. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a historic home that was built by Philip Shetzi. He's like a very well-known yes. Atlanta um, architect. And I remember the party was at night, and it was very dim lighting. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of low-slung, mm-hmm. winding house. Rambles. Yes, mm-hmm. rambles. It's very farmhousey, very cottagey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the street, it, it doesn't even look very big, but right. it really kind of weaves around. Well, the beautiful thing about that house is it is. It's so cozy. It also, two of my very favorite people live there. So that always (laughs) makes me happy. But it's, um, 
the layout of that house is done based on the axes of the garden. Mm. So you really have a garden indoor outdoor thing that's happening yes. through that house. And it is large, but the spaces are very human scale. Mm-hmm. And so it feels good. It it just feels good to be in that house. And the grounds are so pretty and um, it's a special place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was there thinking, I, I wonder who this designer, was there a designer? Mm-hmm. What, like, does this, whoever owns this place just have amazing taste like what's happening that too and Ooh, is that exactly what you want people to think when yeah. you finish a job yes <laughs> not yeah. oh a decorator yeah, has been here right <laughs> yes definitely um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting about it is um, because like you said it's really winding and it's by no means an open floor plan right no and so how do you approach um having a flow from room to room mm-hmm. because they can each sort of live on their own. Right. But then you obviously want there to be right. a overall, you know. Well, I think that houses field. should have hierarchy to them. Mm-hmm. So you should have some rooms that are more formal than others. You should have some thread that goes through them, whether mm-hmm. it's color palette or style. or um, So when we design houses, we put boards up, magnetic boards with all the schemes and the furniture. And just it's important to us that one space sort of leads to another, but that okay. they're not the same. But there's right. some element that carries through or carries your eye through. For example, in Charleston, you know, all we have all these single houses, which are one room deep, and so there's not a main hall. And so you get an enfilade situation, which is where you could stand at the front of the house and the doorways line up. So you'd see, say, from the living room through the entry hall, through the dining, through the kitchen. And so you get a glimpse of four oh. different rooms by standing nice. in one space. So mm-hmm. you have to think through how does that balance, You how does your eye balance out as it goes through the rhythm mm-hmm. of that space? Um so we do pay a lot of attention to that. And yeah. and I think just having a hierarchy and formality and then some common thread to go through mm-hmm. is important. Another thing is we really try and make spaces where they're multifunctional. So, mm-hmm. you know, we may put a small table in a living room by a fireplace that could be used for dining. If it's just a couple that's home and they don't want to sit at their eight-person table and feel lonely with six chairs, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that and making sense. it human scale, I think, is yeah really important. So what do you mean by human scale? You know, I just think... These days, and I actually think this is getting better, but you get massive homes Mm -hmm. with 20-foot ceilings, and you go in there, and it's beautiful, and it's filled with light, and you feel really little, and you Mm -hmm. don't feel, like, cozy or enveloped or Mm -hmm. sanctuary at all. And even with houses that have that space, because sometimes you entertain on a grand scale, and Mm -hmm. you could really use a space like that. And if that is a function for your lifestyle, have some other spaces in the home that can be your sort of retreat where you mm-hmm. feel like it's kind of like a hug versus a, you know, ta-da, I'm here and mm-hmm. need to present. Right. So a house, you're saying, can have both scales. For though. sure. For sure. It's just how to make it all yes. feel like it fits together. Yeah. And I think the house needs to balance and function, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of if you're just casual all the time or if you've got some formality and then grandkids that come in and it needs to be durable, just balancing out that lifestyle with the architecture and then how that fits in 
with the setting Mm -hmm. too. You know, if you're at the beach and you have sandy feet running through your house all the time or slamming screen doors, that's a whole nother approach. So, okay. Say you have, say you have a room like that, that's very large scale. Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking one of those two story like Mm -hmm. living rooms with a big fireplace. It's really big. How can you, is there a way that you can decorate around that issue? It's all about proportion at that point. And it's also um, bringing the third dimension in of the height, you know, whether it's light fixtures that drop down so that they feel like the ceiling isn't as high or you have window treatments that capture the height of the space in full so that you don't walk in and feel like, you know, the bottom third is furnished and then mm-hmm. you just have big, vast, empty space, mm-hmm. you know, get things up on the walls and okay. with art, with light fixtures coming down, with curtains, so that proportionally it relates to what's happening on the floor. Okay, here's a, here's just a logistical question. If mm-hmm. you order a light fixture, mm-hmm. most of them aren't going to have a rod that drops down like 10 feet. Do you have to get that special? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, is there some we'll special that non-decorators. Yeah, special order, that? order more chain or, mm-hmm. you okay. know, that type of thing. But it, um, yeah, proportion, I think, is really important mm-hmm. in rooms like that. And it's the same thing with scale of the furniture. You're not going to be able to just, you know, put the same chest you would put in, you know, a family room that's of average size into that room. It will feel dwarfed. So right. everything has to sort of meet that level of scale. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Okay, so my next question to follow that one, <laughs> mm-hmm. speaking of scale, but also you have so many great antiques mm-hmm. so sprinkled through. Mm-hmm. Um and the scale of those are so in general because they're antiques, they're mm-hmm. smaller. Is that correct? Just cuz homes are smaller. Yes, not not always. Mostly, Mm -hmm. I would say yes, but you can find it's just harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's just harder to find um, the larger ones because one, they have to have survived a few hundred years Mm and, you know, made it on a boat over here. And just the logistics (laughs) of it are more complicated. And Mm -hmm. there weren't as many because Mm -hmm. there weren't as many, you know, Italian villas or chateaus that they came out of as smaller homes so it's more of a hunt Mm -hmm. in that situation it's harder it's definitely harder (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. i was always wondering how you guys show a client be like this is going to be a great antique in Uh this corner but we don't know yet the price is always exponentially higher too Uh so that always makes it yeah more fun (laughs) yeah well speaking of scale and um larger rooms the um new york apartment that we talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit um and I can try to post links to that as well so everyone can see what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. I loved the actual layout of the mm-hmm. room because mm-hmm. it, based on how much furniture was in it, it looked like it was a pretty large room. Mm-hmm. But there, I just thought it was a good sort of lesson that people could take away into how to break up a big space yeah. into lots of smaller mm-hmm. sitting rooms. So maybe you could tell them a little bit about how it was laid out and yeah. your thinking behind it. So that I'm assuming you're talking about the main living space, which yes. overlooks Central Park and has mm-hmm. a terrace and it's it's on Central Park South. So it looks straight down the park and the view is amazing. Um, so one thing we really wanted to do with that was to allow the outside to come in because mm-hmm. that was why they were there. Um, and it also had a dining space 
area in there. Mm-hmm. They chose to not have a formal dining room, but to turn the dining room into a family room off of the kitchen. So we, um, one side of it had dining table and then some consoles that flanked a side window, which also has a glimpse of the park. And then we did two seating arrangements, sort of face-to-face in the center of the room with single chairs and Mm off-center coffee tables that balance themselves out asymmetrically if you look at the plan as a whole. So, like, they were... Yeah, like one was more weighted to the right side of the Caroline's room. Yeah, one was more. Yeah, she's you know doing about the hand that? gestures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Y'all heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You did a good job. One's weighted to the right, one's the hand gestures. And then one, you know, to more of the left side. And then there was a seating area around the fireplace mm-hmm. um, as well, just as a cozy spot. So that apartment had that space, which is more for their entertaining space. And then Mm -hmm. they also had a family room in there. And then downstairs in that apartment, they have a library that's really the larger um, family, cozy sort of TV watching area. So they had a few different living spaces in that apartment. And that one was more the the entertaining and sort of it's funny because that space you go into it and you you don't even look at the space when you go in because you are just drawn straight out to the terrace and then you turn mm-hmm. around and you come back in and say oh this is a pretty room yeah <laughs> um, but it um i mean it's like a magnet to that terrace yeah so that's interesting so because these people entertain mm-hmm. I, so that's one of your goals when you're decorating the space um and doing the different sitting arrangements, is that mm-hmm. better for someone that entertains a lot more? It is. I mean, it really is. Because if you think about like a cocktail party type of mm-hmm. entertaining, you have little groups of people that mm-hmm. sort of gather in little groups. Yeah. And so you create these little vignette type spaces for them mm-hmm. to gather in. And yeah. um, and it's nice. It, it ends up, even though it's more separated, feeling more cozy, I feel like, in that environment because you don't have everyone sitting around, you know, a sofa and four big club chairs mm-hmm. gathered together. It's more intimate conversations of a couple people. And so yeah. you set it up for that. Yeah. Speaking of entertaining, I read mm-hmm. something that I think is genius. Mm-hmm. You leave a little entertaining like guide mm-hmm. for your for clients. Some clients when we the, do. Okay, you need what? to tell us all about this. I think yeah. it's fascinating. And can you make me one? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what we do is for a lot of our clients, we we do comprehensive work. So we will start oftentimes right when the architect starts and work very closely with the team, with the architect, with the builder, the client, and the landscape architect through the whole process, just making sure. You know, the space is going to live the way that um, the client wants to live in it. And we carry that all the way through literally to the glassware and the silverware and the linens and, you know, vases that they're going to have for entertaining. Mm -hmm. And so we often will have multiple sets of china or options. And so what we've done in the past is go ahead and set the tables in a few different scenarios and photograph it, put it into a book, go ahead and do flowers, how we would suggest doing it in the house and do it because a lot of our clients will have a house manager and it's a third or fourth or second home for them. And they can say, we want option A when we show up, (laughs) which is a huge luxury. And it really just sort of takes the guesswork out of it. And it's, you know, just a guide to, make that happen 
Oh my gosh, so that's awesome. awesome. It is awesome. I wish someone would do it for me yeah. and I could call in and say, I'll be there in an hour and could you have this done? I, well, I need to do it for myself so I can remember because yes. I will set a pretty table. I'm like, that's great. And the next time I'm like, what did I use? That was so good. Right. You know what, you know what so. I did? This is a little secret. Mm. I have a secret Instagram account oh. where I've posted my old table settings Oh, that's good. Just as a record. No one knows what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, I want to be good. the one that follows you. <laughs> just so I can remember. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could do the same thing. It's just a folder well, on your phone. But like, yeah, you know, that makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Well, because, yeah, even I'm sure everyone does this, too, where you decorate at Christmas, too. And you yes. move things. What seems to work best. And one year you'll you'll do it right. And the next year you'll be like, what did I move that mm-hmm. made this better? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, if you'll come over and just catalog uh-huh. each yeah. of my parties, too, that'd be... I'll do your house if you'll do mine. (laughs) That's fair. That's only fair. Yes. Yeah. I can do that. Yes. Um, You have, I mean, there are so many in your portfolio. There are so many gorgeous homes with, there's one that has like a, you uncovered a whole mural on the walls. You like restored one. Yes. That was here in Atlanta. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was that? That's what you had in car. Mm -hmm. And then you had another one that was all like this, like, Soft trees. Mm-hmm. That's the Charleston. Okay. So Ray Goings, who is mm-hmm. a muralist artist in Atlanta, did that. And this couple grew up in the Low Country. They're avid sportsmen. Um, they have a plantation home that we did. Actually, it's in the portfolio book as well. And just sort of eat, sleep, and breathe like the land. And so. We hired Ray to come in and paint a Cypress Bay, which is a swamp, basically a low country swamp um, area. And it's just so moody and it has Spanish moss hanging down. And if you look really closely, there's creatures in there. And I told him I wanted it to feel like you were sitting at dinner at a candlelight table and that you might actually believe that a gator was about to like bite your foot. (laughs) (laughs) And he did it. He, it really, I mean, it's very moody and he just captures the essence of sort of that grit and pluff mud of the low country. So that's their dining room. You did in in each of these rooms too, where you've either had the murals or these beautiful wallpapers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was studying your your pictures. I realized you know you've taken, for instance, you had a bedroom that also had like a beautiful floral, and then you did a really simple headboard. Mm-hmm. It was like just cream against and all the you know, and your bed skirt was soft and clean as well, and mm-hmm. it really allowed you to like love on the walls, mm-hmm. you know. And I really appreciated like being like, okay, so if you you know, make that your moment and right. step back everywhere else. Yeah. I think your eye needs a place to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, you need the to moments, but it can be overwhelming if there's too much. And it sort of takes away from mm-hmm. the greatness of that to moment if you don't give your eye places to rest mm-hmm. within the space, too. Yeah. So that's probably what you're picking up on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you. Is that what, is that what was happening? Yeah, um, that's what you're, it's a plan. It goes back to the beginning where mm-hmm. what we do is really make something really hard look easy. Yeah, that's every time. you know that's that's yeah. the goal at least. So I'm glad it's working. <laughs> so sort of speaking to the moodiness, um, there was a comment in one of the or uh, something you mentioned in one of your interviews. I think it was in Traditional Home. And this was back to that Kiowa Island house. You said mm-hmm. that you decorated this particular family room um, 
because it was a nighttime room. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I feel like our listeners would love to learn more about that because Mm -hmm. you're sort of decorating in a way that you know they're using it at nighttime. Right. So maybe you could. I do sometimes feel like some rooms want to be nighttime rooms or I feel like that's how they're going to be used in some time. And it it really has a lot to do with um, texture and light. And if it's a really bright room that has a lot of windows in it, or if it's the breakfast room, or um, I usually will stay in that vein and not push against it. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of letting that architecture and setting again lead where we go. Um, where I believe the room that you're discussing was a library mm-hmm. that had um, cypress paneling on it. And that room was interesting because we tried probably 10 different stains on that cypress and none of them looked as good as the raw wood. And we ended up just leaving the wood completely raw without anything on it and just said, you know, in a year or two, if we want to come back and wax it, we will. But it's the second time I've done that. And I just, it's aging beautifully and it just has, um, just a natural organic feel to it. But that room doesn't have a lot of light in it. Mm-hmm. It has some, but there's a TV, there's a fireplace. And so we did a sizal rug with an antique rug layered on top. I think there's some leather chairs in there, mm-hmm. maybe some mohair, you know. And so it's really a cozy room. And right. it just sort of wants you to cuddle up on the sofa with the cashmere blanket and turn the fire on in a good movie. Yeah. So it... um. It felt like a nighttime room to me. I love that also because I think, you know, in today's world of Pinterest, Mm -hmm. everyone wants like light, bright, white Mm -hmm. everywhere. And sometimes, sometimes you just need a little little darkness. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to balancing that house out because Mm -hmm. that house also had some very light, bright spaces in it too. And so it allows you to then use your whole home, hopefully. When you're looking at something that's again like a breakfast room, then mm-hmm. if you so the opposite, so now we want it to feel mm-hmm. just good in the you know in bright light. What will you find you often put in spaces like that? So I would say light curtains that are not heavy, mm-hmm. if any at all. Um, probably lighter in the paint colors or the wall finishes of what whatever you know that might be. Um, and just really not blocking. I mean, just not messing it up, like letting mm-hmm. that architecture and that connection to mm-hmm. indoor, outdoor be what it is and not, you know, impeding that in any way, shape or form. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just it, not being heavy handed, I think. Got it. Yeah. In those spaces. You have you had one kitchen that had a big window and you had you had a built-in banquette or like mm-hmm. a bench seat and you had the dining table pulled up to it mm-hmm. and it it was a white kitchen and so mm-hmm. it just was very inviting and it was one of those spaces I felt it felt yeah. more like let's have breakfast yes. and like all hang out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. do cause have you found customers really enjoy at the built-in benches yeah. like that especially if there's kids yeah, because you can um, when they're little, you can sort of trap them in there <laughs> as they get bigger. You know, everyone yeah. can just sort of squeeze in and have friends over. And mm-hmm. um, it just it gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great setup for a breakfast table yeah. to yeah. have a banquet or bench seating at, on one side of the table. No, I thought that was such a great little architectural like 
little moment too. And mm-hmm. then I think in the New York apartment, one of them you had in both bedrooms, there was also like a nice little window Windows seat. Windows eights, yeah. Um, and they just, they look so good. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Well, and that's funny because that's one thing that I find a lot is um, it, it's sort of a, not a struggle, but more of a challenge. I find that when we run into challenges, they often turn into sort of the icing mm-hmm. in a project. And those window seats were a result of the um, all the heaters were right under those windows. Mm-hmm. And so how we handled that to conceal those spa- those units, mm-hmm. but, and it allowed us to create sort of a niche for a window seat and bookshelves and a charming moment. Mm-hmm. And so you take sort of something that's bad and it makes you think about it yeah. in a different way and often becomes like the best part of the room. Oh, it was, mm-hmm. so wait, did you build around the heater? We did. And then how does the heater give off heat? We had a um, custom metal grill made so that it would come through that, and it's part built into the millwork. If you're sitting on that when the heater's on, is it going to No, because it comes out the front. Not mm. the top. Yeah. I was thinking that it's was like the coziest season. season. Yeah. 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 That would be nice, too. Be nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drink some hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, was, there was something I noticed kind of going through, and, and I do think you talk about this a lot, but um, all of a lot of your spaces, they obviously have color. Mm-hmm. Like they're not all neutral. Mm-hmm. But... You use pattern very sparingly, and mm-hmm. most of your upholstery items are pretty neutral. They are. Shades of cream, mm-hmm. tan, kind of mm-hmm. grays. So m- explain that. Like, how do you bring color in mm-hmm. without? So we, I don't, I mean, there are times we'll have a pattern or we'll start with a rug and then we'll pull colors out of it and match it. But oftentimes we create schemes. Um, versus taking a pattern and then creating it from that, just using our knowledge of color theory and what works well together and creating that scheme. And some of that can be achieved through fabric. Some could be the lamps that we put in there. You know, some could Mm -hmm. be from the accessories, but creating what our scheme needs to be. And instead of starting as, you know, a pattern and saying, here's our scheme, we can create a scheme and then make the items in the room you know, morph into that scheme for us. So you you come up with a color first and then you pull in. Sometimes we sometimes we come up with a rug first. Right. Because they're harder to find. Sometimes it's a wall, um, Mm -hmm. you know, de Gournay or, you know, some wallpaper. Um, Sometimes it is a fabric and then we pull the scheme from there. Sometimes it is just a color scheme. Like I, for example, the other day I was looking at a magnolia tree. And I was like, that is such a pretty scheme. You know, you've got that. <laughs> you've I'm going to use that. Yeah, yeah. Glossy green leaf with mm-hmm. the sort of coffee color underneath. And then you've got the ivory bloom with like yeah. the center, you know, and it's sort of that yellowy color. Yeah. And you're like, we can do this. You know, yeah. I mean, there it yeah. is. So, yeah, you do that. And then you don't have to have that pattern. You, I mean, that fabric and pattern mm-hmm. with that. You use that as your inspiration. And then you create that scheme with the materials you have to work with. So that can be fabrics, it could be lamps, accessories, rugs, you know, that type of thing. So it's a little bit of a different way. It makes our life much more complicated, to tell you the (laughs) truth. Um, But sometimes we do that. And in terms of the upholstery being neutral, um, 
a lot of times we do do it neutral because it allows the shapes to mm-hmm. show more. When you put a pattern all that over sense. something, that's what you see. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes we want that, but sometimes we want other things in the room to stand out more, right. like an amazing antique that's sitting next to that club chair. Right. Um, so then you make the club chair a little quieter. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good example too about the magnolia leaf. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never you, see that. But it's you good. had a cute bedroom. Oh my gosh, it was so cute. And <laughs> I know the end. That's the end. It was a really cute bedroom. <laughs> um, no, it had you had two shams that had some little blue florals on them. But again, the bedding overall felt very white. Mm-hmm. And you had an upholstered wing back chair, very mm-hmm. modern shape mm-hmm. next to it. And what I love that you did was it was like a again just a cream or linen, something very plain. And you had blue welts, mm-hmm. and then you had done blue like tape on the sides of the chair on the outside uh, sides because mm-hmm. um, it was wood framed wing so it had something to break it mm-hmm. and it looked so good that little bit of blue that kind of pulled back to the bed but again it was a yeah. very simple Subtle. like sh- like you weren't like mm-hmm. oh my god it's full of color right um i really like for our spaces to sort of unfold as you're in them so i'd say our work typically is not the kind that's going to you know, knock your socks off on the cover of a magazine because they're it's, they're typically not bold and bright, and so they don't grasp attention. It's mm-hmm. really more about being in the space mm-hmm. and how that makes you feel overall, and then just sort of noticing, oh, that's a neat detail. Mm-hmm. You know, that a mm-hmm. camera would never pick up unless you had a detail shot. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time on the little details that some people probably never notice oh my gosh <laughs> well we noticed yeah even, like, even studying your work it was it was wonderful to find all the details oh my gosh you always seem to have a wicker you. basket tucked under every mm-hmm. antique table mm-hmm. um, I loved <laughs> yes. that I was like look at this she always has a perfect little place for something extra a little mm-hmm. extra storage See yeah. That? yeah I know well it's funny when I, was, when I was looking at the Patterson car house in the book I was flipping through and I was like I think I've been here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it's, it is kind of strange how differently things yeah. look when you're in them versus yes. when they're photographed. For I mean, sure. I, I recognized it, but it's shot in the daytime. Yes. I was there at night, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that happened there. Weird. It is. <laughs> but um, it, it is. It's um, It really is. It really was just as cozy as you're describing. Good. So, Good. I'm glad. Now, there was a man room. There was a whole yeah. man like second Wing. home on that <laughs> oh, yeah. at that house. Did you did you do the man room? I did. Mm-hmm. It was along with the man in the house. <laughs> he had a lot of input. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gun house. It mm-hmm. was very masculine. It is. Like Wait, that in was what out way? in the lots of guns. It was like a yeah. But, camp. Yeah, it was. It's like a, a really pine elegant room. Camp. Mm-hmm. It's a um, antique pine paneled room, so it feels like something you would see in South Georgia, a hunting plantation. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was sort of the idea of it. And it's and, out um, back or in? It's this, separate. It is. Okay. It's separate um, from the main house, but it's it's a great little structure. <laughs> yeah. It's a little folly. It's it's pretty great. Does does did he ask for leather? Oh yeah, there's leather. In so there. it is true. Do they all ask for leather? Yeah, typically. typically. Yeah. <laughs> what what is it? I do not get it. I don't know, but that, it makes them feel really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ask for plaid? I need to know that There's, one too. Uh, there is. Yeah, There's some holland good. and sherry wool. Yeah, there is. Okay, if no, men always ask for leather, is there something women always ask for? 
Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Pretty. <laughs> and they just want to feel pretty, I think, in their spaces. Yeah. Good linens. Good linens. Yeah. yeah. Like I, bed linens? Bed linens. Okay. Yeah. I think the women care more about, you know, good bed linens. I'm in that camp, too, so I can't. like. <laughs> there's something great about an iron sheet. So oh, you did this, uh, speaking of mountainy mm-hmm. lodges, you did this little Swanee house. Yes. I went to Swanee. You did? Yes. Oh, I was like, oh, gosh. I want to know whose home this yeah. is. So we can talk them. after. <laughs> no. um, but one thing I thought that was really interesting is you mentioned, um, you said that you really were looking for English antiques versus mm-hmm. French. Mm-hmm. So, like, give us a little rundown on why that is. Why? Uh, French is a little bit prettier, you know, just in general. I think it's more delicate where the English is a little bit heftier. Mm-hmm. The woods, you know, oak. I mean, it's just versus a lot of fruit woods and French furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just more in keeping because the cabin is on the masculine side, not the whole thing. I mean, it's really little. It's less than a thousand square feet. It's yeah. tiny. It's a little gem in the woods. It's the old chinking. They took down two log cabins in um, Ohio and transported them. And then we had this chinker reassemble it in the new design. Uh, James Carter was the architect on that and did a great job and created this little cabin that looks like it's been there forever. It, so that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's Can really put that charming. Can on VRBO? I want to get I know. I, <laughs> I want to stay there. And it's, it's little. I mean, it's little, yeah. little. It only has one bathroom. And it's teeny tiny and it has two bedrooms and a loft. So it, um, but they go all the time. Did, okay, wait, for the loft, you put, wait, you like hung these rods, right? From the ceiling. And okay, wait, tell everyone about so this. There's two so beds up there and they're sort of built in by curtains. So it's almost like you pull, you know, the bed curtains that have blackout lining in them. So if there's people mm. up there and they're sleeping, like they're kids, they have. Mm-hmm daughters that went to Swanee, um, then, you know, they can be up there and in the dark. So in the morning, the sunlight doesn't come in or if someone gets up to yeah. get coffee, they still so have cozy. some privacy. It is really cozy. It's one of my favorite so projects. So it's like, you know, there's like a pitched roof, like mm-hmm. what you imagine a lot to look like. But you essentially yeah. made like little... Um, it's almost like a, would it be like that on a boat or something? I don't know. It sort of. It's of like, like an old little sleeping like, nook yeah, like almost. Or like a yes. train. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to use a ladder to get up there. I mean, there's a ladder built in. There's not a Seriously. staircase. Yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I was really, I thought about it because I was like, that looks so fun. It is. It's yeah. really fun. Well, I just thought it was, the, back to the English versus French thing. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting because I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, I might have thought, oh, I want to use more straight lines versus curvy lines. Right. But I love that you're like, well, English. Okay, right. we'll, go, we'll go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, an, a good way that if, if people are wanting to go out and find an antique, mm-hmm. you know, to fill kind of a hole in their space, they can do a little research, figure right. out what they're looking for, and that might help them, yeah. um, you know, get to where they're trying to go. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Caroline and Karen mm-hmm. hate personal photos in a home. Mm-hmm. I don't, we'll just, we'll get there. <laughs> I don't it's, hate them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. minimalist with photography, okay. which I respect and mm-hmm. understand. And Disagree I, with? No. Dis- respectfully <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, from a visual standpoint, I, I totally am with you, but I'm more attached to 
those things. So I had seen in one of your projects where you did a whole gallery wall of old photos. And then you did was, and if I'm wrong, we'll mm-hmm. cut this, but you had a like a old doble mm-hmm. full of just the extra old yeah. photos. Mm-hmm. Was it cute in person? Because it looked real cute. I, <laughs> I thought it was. And then two, did they actually use it? Like flip, like will people go through those old photos in there? They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I love that idea. Yeah. It, um, that's on a second floor hallway mm-hmm. um, of a beach house. And it was a family that had just many generations at that beach and so some of what was up on the wall was family photos or newspaper clippings of things that you know they had memories about and there Mm. was just too much I mean the amount of stuff that they had that was important to them and just had memories and meaning attached to it so we did a big gallery wall and then I was like why not? Let's just throw the rest in this bowl and then they can take the bowl, you know, and sit on the sofa and go through and talk about it yeah. with grandkids. And That is such um, a cute so idea. So it was fun. That's a really cute. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else kind of unique you did with, if they had all these like memories, mm-hmm. was there anything else that stands out to you that you did? Um, well, the whole house sort of <laughs> was, <laughs> was one big memory and it itself. kind of was. Yeah. I mean, she, um, yeah, the house is in the location where her parents' beach house was, and it had just gotten to the point where they needed to tear it down. But her siblings um, had houses next door as mm-hmm. well. So it was sort of a family, you know, beach compound almost. Um, and so she just, I mean, she just had a ton mm-hmm. of family memories. And mm-hmm. I am trying to think what else. They had bicycle, they had down at the beach on July 4th, they did this big bicycle parade. And so we found this metal bicycle that had come off of this bicycle shop sign. And I'm trying to think of where it was. It was somewhere in Europe, um, Copenhagen. And it was a big red metal bike. And so we had that like at the foot of the stair just to trigger Mm -hmm. memories. And I mean, again, like make it feel like it's home. Was it like mounted or was it just like no, she's sitting there. Well, it was mounted on like a piece of wood. So it okay. sat on it. And it was like a sculpture is what it became. Or it's so cool. Like the um, seahorse. She's always been sort of very interested in seahorses. Like it's, I mean, they really are kind of an interesting creature. I learned more about seahorses during this project <laughs> than I thought I'd ever know. But um, there's an artist in Charleston that does um, art out of bottle caps. And that's oh, yes. the medium that she uses. And so we had, she did a custom piece that was a seahorse for her. So when you walk in the front door, that's what you see is this very large scale um, bottle cap art of a seahorse. So there were a lot of things in Little that. touches that you brought in. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's um, Angie Franowski had a piece I'm sure by that she artist did. in the, her, we talked about it on the show. When she was yeah. Here. Anyways, yeah. So I mm-hmm. can find and post yes, it to that artist. Um, um, boat right. Yes. Something boat right. I'm drawing a blank. But yes. Well, yes she's we great. About her. Um, she does a lot of custom work. She had um one this like amazing woman in like a turban. Anyways, yes. It was, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And the scale the, has to be large because the medium, you know, right, is a bottle yeah, cap. Yeah. So you have to have the space to spread it out so that your eye can pick so up cool. on it. Okay, so does she like paint the bottle caps? No. Or is it just I mean, like, she might paint, like, right on the eye, but she uses, 
Um, like, for the I most part, she uses the color. She has an enormous bottle cap collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see her actual like home. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Right. Just buckets and buckets of bottle caps. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's neat. Well, it's. I think it it's a neat. great tip for those who are more sentimental mm-hmm. and and are looking. Like I'm constantly now looking for ways to make it feel more fresh. Um, you know, and not take up every table in my house. Right. With, 10,000 for you know like that's where it starts to look cluttery mm-hmm. and not like a specific moment and I right. and I also still understand spaces that are meant for it and aren't um, also has helped mm-hmm. so I've just learned so much and I, I'm always looking for tips and tricks of how to take a little memory and not make it a big moment but something that knows about it so right. it's a great little like yeah. well just to defend myself I am <laughs> very sentimental I just don't attach it to photographs right. I that's fair things. That's, yes. I apologize Caroline <laughs> You are. I apologize. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time to do our decorating dilemma. Okay. Let's do it. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. This is from Diana. And she writes and she says, Hi, ladies. I'm looking for exterior paint color assistance. To give you a visual of what our home looks like, this photo is the back of our 1952 ranch home. The window shutters, fascia, and photo studio were painted the blue you see. We added the white fiber cement shake expansion, but hopefully this gives you an idea of what our home looks like. The front has more red brick, and this fall we are adding a garage, which will add more white fiber cement shake. I've heard the discussion on the podcast of being either a blue or green person, and I very much gravitate to the blue. However, lately I have been admiring the way a deep green and black looks against red brick. I have noticed green homeowners tend to bring the green inside their home decor, which makes a lovely transition. I would love exterior paint color combo suggestions with brick in blue and or green shades and thoughts in general on the team blue or team green for home exterior and transitioning to interiors and if that's at all important. Okay, so looking at this, I think there's two things that she could do. I think she could, if she wants to keep her red brick, um, I would paint the rest of the trim to match the windows and doors. Um, because that would give you three colors. That would give you your trim color, it would give you your white cement board color, and then it would give you your red brick color. And I think going beyond three gets Mm -hmm. a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. Or I think that um, you could do a whitewash on the brick so that maybe some of the red comes through, but you get an ivory whitewash that will come close to your cement board. And then I think you could paint your trim I would say green, not blue. And I say that um, I do prefer green to blue, but I love both. But for the exterior, I think green is easier because it's sitting in a setting of green, of grass and trees. And so it reads Mm -hmm. sort of as a neutral, where blue reads as a color. And um, I think it will feel more unified if you can get some neutrality to the house. So... My vote is green over blue or paint mm-hmm. everything like the trim. Uh, I think she's right, though, about black and green looking so good together. They do. It's, and a good green is actually Charleston green. Ooh, <laughs> Conveniently. <okay. laughs> but Charleston green, Perfect. it looks like she might be on the um, 
West Coast. I can't tell from this picture. I'm pretty sure she's in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Okay. So Charleston green, for those that don't know, is a really dark green, almost black. And it's a great okay. color. And is it's that just, Benjamin Moore? Um, Let me Google it. I know that sh- historic Charleston colors has a char- the authentic Charleston mm-hmm. green and Sherwin-Williams now mixes those colors. But mm-hmm. I feel sure she could go to any paint okay. store and ask for that and they could so this is more formula. like a hank blue type of situation where it's not an, a literal color it's like a yes yeah i don't know do you think atlanta has an atlanta red <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> i already hate it never mind scratch that <laughs> what 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 do you mean i just What's feel red? like all, everything atlanta is has red? red is red i just feel like red like doors it. Not not actual like mm-hmm. architecture or even decorating. I mean like our sports teams. Oh. Delta seems to be red yeah. and that's Atlanta. I just feel mm-hmm. like every- Coca Cola's red. Yeah. So I feel like we're red when you think of Atlanta and it's mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, but I feel like in terms of houses, everything in Atlanta is white painted brick with black shutters. Yes, it's like there is anything a lot that's of that. new, it's white with black. Yes. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Not that that's not. Yeah, very pretty. pretty and classic. But. Right. <laughs> okay, well, I like those two options. Okay, good. Diana, Diana you, have, you have some I love some it. Direction. Speaking of that, I think because we're in Atlanta, I'm like, yeah, paint that brick. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Best feeling. Yes. Yeah. Love it. When you, when you yeah. see it happen, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh, it's a different home. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But I love what you've done. I think you really are like. Yeah. Stepping up your little ranch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm always it. inspired by people's rancho. Reduce. <laughs> How's El Rancho, Taryn? Uh, it's it's fine. It's, it's the ranch. Okay. <laughs> Tammy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Yeah. Will you tell everyone where they can find you, see your work, all that good stuff? Yeah, it's um, Tammy Connor Interior Design, and our website is www.tammyconnorid.com. <laughs> it is a beautiful website, guys. Mm-hmm. Please check it out. Very yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. And of course, send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We will put links to all of the different projects that Tammy's worked on that we've mentioned in the show in our show notes, which are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to enable the Alexa skill for the How to Decorate podcast on your Amazon account. And until next time, happy decorating. decorating.